cliffcentral.com. Let's get to Sean Sanders to talk a little bit about cryptocurrency this morning. It's always good to get an update from Sean on what's going on in the world. And there's lots of, um, of crypto news. There, has there ever been a week where we've not had crypto news? I mean, that's the, that's the question, right, Sean? Hasn't ever happened. What are you going? Hey, man. No, this is the most exciting market in the world, right? Yeah. So that's why we're on every week to you know, give people an update. And if, if, yeah, if, we, if we weren't on every week, um, we just wouldn't have enough time to discuss. In fact, as it is, we don't have enough time to talk to you about all these different things. But let's just talk for a second about – I saw they, they – um, he's been arrested, uh, Ricardo Spani from Monero. Um, fluffy pony as he's known on social media. I don't know the details of this. He says it's not a big deal. It's because he missed some court date or something, but he has been arrested in the United States. Maybe you know some detail about this. Um, it, it sounds, sounds like a lot of the authorities are starting to get a little bit antsy about crypto. And here in this country, you discussed with us two, three weeks ago, those two guys in Cape Town who took, uh, one of their wallets and just disappeared with a whole lot of people's money. Yeah. So people are starting to um, to to pay the price for for being crooks in this environment. I'm not saying that that's what happened with uh, Ricardo, but it certainly happened with those other guys. And there are people investigating them at the moment, right? Yeah, no, there's a lot going on in the regulatory front. Uh, with Ricardo, I mean, he was arrested by U.S. authorities. Uh, there was a warrant out for his arrest in South Africa. I don't really have more details than that. Uh, it was actually with regard okay. to something that apparently happened in I think 2008 or 2009. Okay. Uh, he was working for another company and there was apparently fraudulent invoices that were provided. So okay. it's actually got really nothing to do with crypto. Okay. Um, but yeah, just so everyone knows, I mean, Fluffy Pony, as he's known, I mean, only in the crypto world do you have something like Fluffy Pony as a name. Um, but Ricardo, <laughs> uh, he created Monero, which yeah. at one point in time was a top 10 cryptocurrency. I think it's sitting around 18 or 19 right now. And uh, it's the world's most privacy-focused cryptocurrency. So your non your 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 identity mm-hmm. is anonymized when using this network. So a lot of people think that when you make a Bitcoin transaction or Ethereum transaction or Litecoin transaction, that it's anonymous. Mm-hmm. And the correct term is that's actually pseudonymous. So you have an identity. So just like your bank account number um, that is tied to you. I yeah. mean, in some way, shape, or form, you could trace this back to you. And what Monero does is it actually obfuscates this transaction. Now, a lot of people will say, oh, great, well, that's used just by drug dealers and people that are looking to do dodgy things. But no, just like, you know, with data privacy, there's a lot of people out there that say, hey, no, it's not the government's right to have access to my information. Um, I would not have the right to access to what I'm spending my money on. So there was actually a really interesting use case, and there still is for the likes of Monero, but the governments have clamped down really hard on well, uh, the privacy-focused cryptocurrencies. I wouldn't be surprised, and I'm, uh, this is pure conjecture on my part, but I wouldn't be surprised because he represents a cryptocurrency that is privacy-focused and because that is probably an area that governments are the most nervous about, that he would be on a lot of people's watch lists if you're a, a, you know, if you're a bureaucrat who's interested in, in keeping an eye on what goes on on the Internet. I'm sure that Ricardo is one of those people everybody in the world's watching. Um, and, and therefore, if they can find a reason to uh, clamp down on him, they probably would look for it. I'm, I'm not defending him. I'm not saying I know any more than anyone else. But it sounds to me you know, like he would represent a fairly – big interest for those who are interested in law enforcement and regulation and clamping down and getting in the way of ordinary people just doing their thing on the internet. Yeah. I mean, it is the system 
versus crypto at this point in time. Right. Um, I can tell you right now, I was operating as a crypto provider in South Africa and the EU and the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, the banks hate you, yeah. and understandably so, right? I mean, there's a high money laundering risk uh, because they're not you know, used to understanding or they don't quite understand exactly how transactions occur. So to yeah. them, they see this as a high risk. Uh, people are just you know, putting money into the platforms and it's disappearing, and that's all deemed to be money laundering. Um, which is a bit strange, but don't get me wrong. I mean, crypto definitely, you know, isn't the shiny knight. It does have this dark past um, yeah. with the likes of Silk Road and all the rest. But I mean, it is quite remarkable, right? You've had the likes of the Chinese government clamp down really hard on mining. Uh, you've had the U.S. government clamp mm. down recently, and that's driven a lot of firms out into some weird and wonderful places like the British Virgin Islands and the Cayman Islands and all the rest. The UK and Europe, generally speaking, have also clamped down. So they've introduced their own crypto regulations. South Africa has been slow, but we're getting there. Mm. Um, so there is a regulatory clampdown occurring. And yet still, this is a category that is getting more press attention and is growing every single year. I mean, the average growth rate of cryptocurrency as an, as an asset class is 180% per year compounded annually over the last seven years. I mean, there's no other asset class out there that's kind of growing at this rate. And that's a long-term trend, right? So, I mean, you take this to a hedge fund or a pension fund and you say, listen, this is the numbers. Like, forget about what the asset class is. This is the numbers. Would you want to invest? And they'd be saying, well, this is better than Tencent. This is better than Alibaba. This is better than Mm -hmm. any of the big players. Um, And actually, just as I say, Tencent and Alibaba, I mean, think about what's going on in China right now. I mean, this is a huge use case for crypto. And governments are stepping in saying, listen, no, you're not allowed to do this. We are essentially claiming the entire private educational industry as a government-run institution or government-run institutions. And, you know, if there's ever a use case for some sort of a decentralized, non-sovereign type of entity or program, I mean, there you go, right? I have to to ask you, I mean, I'm so pleased you brought up that banks hate the cryptocurrency people because banks and old government kind of um, institutionalized wealth, those people are not happy where they're not in control. And really, if you ask the average person, do they love banks and do they love governments? Only the really stupid people will say yes. Am I wrong? No, no, of course. I mean, you're 100% correct. Um, The weird thing is, right, I mean, of course, it's like the postman liking Gmail or like the early days of the internet, right? Obviously, emails taking away their business. Yeah. Now, what I think is really interesting is, you know, we're in discussions with a few different banks to offer crypto as a product on their platform Mm. because they're looking over at PayPal and they're looking over at Square in the U.S. and they're saying, well, these guys are making a lot of money from this. How can we offer it? Even the likes of Vodafone, uh, you know, you Mm. go to your Vodacom app or your MTN app, even them, they're actually looking at offering this so you can buy Bitcoin or Ethereum using your airtime. I mean, so this is all happening but, in the but, background. But, but Sean, let's not, let's not bullshit ourselves that they're doing that because they really care about the new technologies or they're looking for opportunities. They do it for two reasons. Number one, because they're terrified that they, this is going to mean extinction for them. So they're really just covering their own backsides. And the other thing is they see the huge kinds of profits that you're talking about being made here, and they feel like they're missing out. So it's the, 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 they're negatively motivated on both fronts, and that should always make you suspicious. Just like they're suspicious of cryptocurrency, we should be suspicious of them. Oh, definitely. I mean, again, they, what are they trying to do? They're trying to optimize for the amount of money that they're making. They want to make as much cash as possible. Yeah. Introducing something yeah. that a lot of people want, great way to do it, I suppose. Yeah. 
All right. So what other updates do you have for us for this week? Because you mentioned China and, uh, you know, cryptocurrency did come under quite a lot of pressure for at least the last two, three, four months. And I see that it's it's steadily crept back up to just under $40,000. In fact, today we're looking at 38000 which is not bad for a Bitcoin. Um, what do you see as the, as the trends going forward? Are there any big obstacles in the road or are there, are there things that you're particularly excited about? I know people are, are more interested in maybe some of the smaller cryptocurrencies um, at the moment than they are in Bitcoin. But what do you see as the, as the kind of unfolding of the rest of this year? Because we've heard all kinds of claims, people saying it's going to go to $100,000. We've got people who, who are, are, are wildly predicting the failure of it. Do you think it's just settling into a comfort zone now? Yeah, I think it's exactly that. It is just getting into a position where people are more comfortable with the prices. Uh, what's really interesting as well is that you've seen over the last four or five months, the biggest migration of crypto mining rigs, which is something that a lot of people don't really talk about, but mm. it is the biggest price driver in the crypto space because that is the supply side of mm. the, you know, the price as supply versus demand equation. And all the miners, I mean, just so a bit of context here. So, there was about 65% of all Bitcoin mining occurring in China. Why? Because there's cheap hydropower, there's solar power, there's other power there as well. So it's just a really cheap um, sort of source, and especially in South China. Um, and that's recently had to move over to other countries. Why? Because the Chinese government has outlawed crypto mining. Yeah. And most of these mining rigs have moved over to Texas, believe it or not, because, again, cheap electricity. And that migration is a very expensive exercise. It's expensive to move mining rigs. Often you actually have to just buy uh, new mining rigs. It also means that there's a period of time when these uh, miners which are introducing new Bitcoin into the market are actually offline. And what that's meant is that these miners who are holding really big reserves uh, are having to sell them into the market. So you've seen a very big increase in supply from the miners. Mm. Um, and you're talking, you know, four or five times the average daily amount of supply sure. coming onto the market. And now that's occurred. So over the next three or four months, that's going to be behind us. You're going to have new mining rigs set up. Most mm -hmm. of the Chinese miners would have moved over to Texas and, you know, some other weird and wonderful places. And I think then all of a sudden you're sitting in this game of saying, well, is there more demand than supply? And that's what drives prices higher. Mm -hmm. So over the long term, will there be more demand than supply? My thoughts are yes. Um, but again, we just don't know, right? I mean, mm -hmm. looking at smaller cryptocurrencies, like, of course, there's a lot of up-and-comers. Uh, Binance Coin's up about 1,200% over the last year. Cardano's up 700%. Wow. Uh, these are cryptos that are coming from a far smaller base than the likes of Bitcoin or Ethereum. So there's a lot more upside potential. But again, you just can't pick which one. And that's why, I mean, we sit here with this top 10 bundle. We say that's our best thesis in mm. terms of how to get exposure to this market. We believe that a diversified uh, ex a diversified product that provides exposure to the space at a low cost is what you should be investing in. Uh, so I'm going to keep saying that week on week. It's, it's no, unfortunately it's sort of the boring thing, but it's what, what we believe in. You know what people say. Um, it's, it's, it's being important, it being prime in people's mind and repetition of the, of the message. And really, I mean, you've been very consistent about this, is you need to diversify just like you would into shares in the stock market or into a property portfolio or into gold or into anything else. You need to also diversify your crypto holdings. And the best way to do that, in my experience, and I am a client and I am a, a, a fan of what you guys do at, um, at Revix. So go and Sign up if you haven't already. Revix Invest is their handle on social media. That's R-E-V-I-X Invest on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can also sign up at Revix, R-E-V-I-X dot com for free. You verify your ID. You add some funds. Whatever you want to add. You don't have to add 
all your money. In fact, we would be uh, we, we'd be giving you terrible advice if we said add all your money to anything, and go and try it out. Start with a small amount of money and see where it goes. You've got nothing to lose. You might have some things to gain. Go for it. All right, Sean. Nice to see you, man. Thanks very much. Brilliant, guys. Just by, by the way, yeah. are, you, are you the only person in the office at this time right now? Uh, no, I've got, so we've got two offices in the same building. The one downstairs is for the devs where the customers don't come in. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> um, and that's packed at the moment. And okay. they generally like to start work a little earlier in the day. And then the office upstairs is quiet. So it's just me here. Yeah, I always like getting to the office sometimes when there's no one else there. And you get so much done. You do. So some people are good at working at night. Some people are good at, in the morning. I'm far better in the morning. I'm terrible at night. Yeah. So this is my happy place. Very nice. All right, Sean. Good to see you, dude. All right. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Sean Sanders, Revix.com. Go and join them and figure out what's going on there. We'll give you updates every week with Sean and his terrific team. Cliffcentral.com.